The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The countdown to kickoff is on National Football League playoffs. We've got uh, normally four wild card games, and normally the wild card games kind of suck and they're kind of boring. Like, let's just be real. Wild card weekend, you hope it's good, but it never is. It's never wild. It used to be wild. Like we were talking about Russ Baxter the other night. It used to be wild in the old days. You get these 41 38. Oh, it's the wild card. It's going to be crazy. Now, Nowadays, the wild card is usually, you know, remember like when Kansas City sucked or like not they didn't suck, but they had Alex Smith and they were boring as hell. And every damn year it was like clockwork that like the 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 first wild card game would be <laughs> the Houston Texans hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, I remember one of those games. That was the year we finished eighth in the Super Contest. We were talking about the Super Contest earlier. We finished in eighth place in a super contest one year. And I got to tell you, it was one of the best gambling runs out of our lives. We rolled into Vegas on a Friday night. I nearly got arrested on the plane, though. Like, you know how lucky I was? I should have known that weekend would end poorly. It's one of those classic Vegas weekends. It started off with $55,000 in our hand, and things got pretty crazy along the way. All right? Things got real crazy. We actually moved the number. <laughs> We moved the number in Vegas with our bet. I think I dropped like seven dimes on a game. Say, let me tell you something. You know when they say, oh, no, they don't take money if you're really intoxicated? That's not true. They do. <laughs> because I was pretty I was pretty liquored. I was pretty uh, wired, man. I rolled in. I'm like, yo, what's your number? And uh, But I'll never forget. So, yeah, we cashed in. <clears throat> we finished in eighth place. <clears throat> and then the next morning, the first game up, the next morning, the first game up was Kansas City and Houston. And I was all over Kansas City and the under. And you got to, you know, listen, I didn't win the, four, the full 55,000. It was with three other people. So we split. I got like 15 or whatever, 14, whatever it was. But then, like, I was bold, right? Because I had 14K and I was drunk. So I put 4,000. <laughs> like, I put 4,000 on the Chiefs and like 3,000 on the under. And I won. And that's when I had, like, delusions of grandeur. Then I had, like, 20K cash. And trust me, you know it's out of control when you're staying in one hotel and you wake up the next morning and you don't know that you're in a new hotel. Like, I woke up in a room, got into the hallway, went down an escalator, and I did not elevate. I did not realize I got kicked out of the last hotel until I saw the casino floor. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. Bring it. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Nah. 
late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Obrensi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Shout out to Sirius XM Channel 204. Uh, we were just talking about uh, throwing it down in Vegas. And uh, Sooner Lisa in the house. Shout out to Oklahoma tuning in uh, this evening. Shout out to everybody. I uh, see we got uh, Crash kicking it in Los Angeles. Uh, we've got uh, Grinch in Arizona. We've got uh, Mick Aussie tuning in in the backwoods uh, right now. And if you missed uh, Mick Aussie, actually, earlier, he checked in on um, in-game live earlier this evening. Classic call. <laughs> Classic call uh, from uh, from Mick. Uh, we, so, yeah, we were just talking about being in Vegas. And, yeah, so I was going to say, my point was, about wild card weekend is usually boring, all right? Normally, it's like a mismatch, and it's like, yeah, you got one good game, maybe. Yet, th- this year, we got a bunch of good games. And somebody, somebody was just asking, uh, what's up, Lou? Lou in Buffalo in the house, Bill's Mafia. Um, and, and we'll get Tony Finn's in the house. Great stuff. We'll get to Tony in a second. But uh, Grinch asked, is that the time? I was talking about in Vegas. Yeah, word of no lie. I was staying at the, uh, at the Hilton, which is now the Westgate or whatever, where they held the contest. And I actually won money there. So it was a big mistake. So they gave us a pile of cash. I've got like 16,000 bucks on me. And I should have just went to my room, but I didn't. I went to the casino floor, and I started gambling, and that place is kind of mellow. It's not like a rowdy place, but I was pretty loud. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to leave. And then um, two hookers tried to rob me. Like, they tried to pickpocket me at the bar. Like, they pulled the old hustle. And um, I got into it, but the thing is, they, they were paying security off. So <laughs> I told security, I got into security. I'm like, basically, I got into an argument with two hookers at a bar, not like solicitation. Like they were at the bar and I was like, I told them, listen, I'm not interested. And then next thing I know, they're trying to hustle me and like rob me and stuff. Um, and like, so I, I'm leaving and then security's like, is there a problem? I'm like, no, nah, there's no problem. I said, these two hookers or whatever, they're hustling people. He's like, all right, you got to go. And he took the side of the hustler. I don't know if it was like his sister or something, <laughs> but... So they're like, uh, he goes, all right, uh, you know. I said, you can't kick me out. He tried to kick me out. He goes, I said, you can't kick me out. I'm staying here. I said, I just want a bunch of money here. I said, you can't kick me out. I said, I'm staying here. And uh, he said, well, you got to go to your room. And I said, you can't make me go to my room either. <laughs> like, right? I said, I can do what I want. I said, I don't know, whatever. I said, I'll leave this little bar area. But I said, I'm not doing any of that stuff. And then, uh, and then things that got escalated and it basically... I didn't get kicked out of the casino. I got kicked out of the hotel, which has never happened to me before. And trust me, I've been, I, you know what? In my crazy days, I've been asked to leave a lot of casinos, all right? I never, like, that's the only time. <laughs> that's how crazy that night was. I got asked to leave the hotel. <laughs> like, and I'm leaving out the part, too, that I told you I nearly got arrested on the plane uh, as well. And, oh, yeah, yeah, listen. And, and sorry, we'll bring Tony in a second, so... I'm going to I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to collect money and it's a Friday night and I didn't have any uh, I didn't have a credit card or anything on me all right and they told me before I got on the plane they're like listen there's no cash accepted there's no nothing except I'm going to Vegas to collect fifty five thousand dollars so I want to get drunk on the way there so whatever I bought a bottle of vodka in the airport right um, at the duty free except. I guess you're not supposed to open it. You know, now, 
she might have said something about that over the speaker. Yeah, that it's a violation of Federation aviation law. So I'm there, and the thing is, guys, there was literally like four people on the plane. I went on a random night. It wasn't like a tourist night to go to Vegas. I was going on a random night. There was like another hooker on the plane, and there was like, um, there was like literally like six people on the plane. So I was sitting alone in the back of the plane, but I was alone. And I, I had a bottle of vodka, and I asked the, um, the flight attendant for orange juice. Except she's not stupid, right? And I spilt the vodka. I drank like the whole bottle of vodka on the plane. And I started spilling it, so my area reeked like vodka and stuff. But they didn't say anything to me. But when I got up and I got off the plane, they're like, oh, sir, by the way, um, we had to inform the authorities. And I, was about, I was like, about what? They're like, you're not allowed to drink it on a plane. And I said, I, I said, oh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't even deny it. I said, oh, I didn't know that. I said, well, I said, if I wasn't allowed to drink, why'd you let me on the plane with my, the? Why did you let me on the plane with a bottle of vodka? And <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> and, and I said, no one stopped me. I said, I wouldn't have brought it on. I said, normally they don't let you out with it. I said, no one. She goes, that was an oversight. I was like, well, I said, I didn't bother anybody. I said, there was no incident. I said, I was sitting there alone. And uh, she goes, yeah, nevertheless. So I walk in. I walk off the plane, man. There's like eight cops there waiting for me, man. And I, you know, it wasn't good. I'll put it that way. And let's just say so. This is the best part of the story. So, I, you know, I, they told me. They said, the only reason we're not arresting you is because you didn't cause an incident. All right? You didn't cause an incident. So we're not going to arrest you. But the, the, the cop told me. He goes, and she said, it was the lady. She goes, you better go to your hotel room right now. And she goes, you better stay in your hotel room. And she goes, I swear to God, if we get a call tonight from somewhere on the strip and I find out it's you, she goes, I swear you'll be in jail all weekend. She goes, you'll wish you never got on this plane. Like she's telling me all this stuff. And then fast forward to three hours later, I'm arguing with the people at the hotel and I'm like, I don't have to leave. And then they told me, all right, listen, we're going to call the cops. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. And I remembered the lady. If you cause any problems tonight anywhere. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. So I, I got out of there. And then I woke up the next morning in Hooters. <laughs> I woke up uh, the next morning uh, in Hooters. Um, you know, there's a lot of other uh, things that happened that weekend, but uh, I don't want to talk about it. Let's bring in Mr. Tony Finn. The king of Las Vegas kicking with us. Tony stays in. He stays out of trouble. Tony Finn. What's up, Tony? It's, uh, it's another good day, as always. Uh, Friday night with Gabe, too. Couldn't be much better than this. Uh, it's a little cold here in the desert again. It's winter. Uh, I, I, I never seem to remember how really cold it actually gets in the desert. I, and, and I'm sure I'm making a lot of people whimper. And uh, feel bad for me. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, pe yeah, people on the East Coast are crying, Finn. They're crying for you right now. <laughs> oh, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's it's cold and uh, 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 it's cold in Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> forty to forty-three degrees seems awful cold, though, Graham. I'm sorry. Gets gets awful yeah, spoiled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Everybody says everybody says that about uh, about Buffalo tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be cold. It's going to be twenty-eight degrees. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's not yeah. that cold. It's cold, like no. if you're Tony Finn, but it's not cold if you're a football player. Yeah, it's a big difference, as you know. Um, what, what, what the temperature is uh, in your backyard, 
compared to that in a football stadium. You know, you step into a football stadium, you know, you get a, a good playoff game, especially in Buffalo, to watch. Then, and hell, it's it's a uh, it's tropical, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Right now, right now, as we speak, it's pretty cold in Buffalo. Twenty-one degrees, so it's a little, little cold yeah. uh, in Buffalo. Tomorrow, though. Uh, you know, let's see in the afternoon. It's going to uh, man. I'm seeing a high of 36 actually and this game is yeah. earlier in the day They're actually giving the Colts a favor by playing this game earlier if it was later in the night You know uh, Sunday. It's going to be raining and stuff at Buffalo. It's actually sunny. It's actually sunny Saturday So all right, we're gonna be taking a break in a second. We'll get to Finn's thoughts on the NFL on the other side I'm telling you guys. I like this game to go over. I'm, I seem to be the only one everyone's like, oh, I don't know I think Buffalo's going to put points up on the board. They're going to get into the 30s. Their team total goes over. And Indianapolis scores like 24 points or so. All right, more with Tony Finn on the other side. Bring it. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger! Just take it! Take the ball! That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger management class. I see people in our chat talking about, uh, they're talking about, uh, what's the best beds in Vegas? I don't know, best beds. I don't know, I've gone to Vegas and, uh, you know, I've gone to Vegas and haven't even used the bed before. <laughs> like, like, the bed was like, uh, I went in, it was made, I left, it was made. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know I had a bed here. Tony Finn uh, with us. All right, so listen, Tony, I made the mis- this mistake with everybody all week, in which I always start off with the, the early games and I run out of time for the late game. So I'm going to go backwards, actually, yeah. here. And I'm going to start with the Pittsburgh game with you. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. What do you think about this game, Tony Finn? Uh, I guess the question here would be if you believe, uh, if you like trends, do you, you believe history repeats itself? If so, then uh, is there any way possible under the certain COVID restrictions and the issues that, that the Browns are having that they, they make what? They make their first playoff appearance since 2001, 2002, and they end the 17 game losing streak at Heinz Field. Uh, or the Steelers, uh, regardless of where the Steelers are, or who they are, or how talented they are, uh, that's a that's a lot of history to defeat uh, in your first playoff game in what, almost 20 years. So uh, it's it, that game. It's it's it, it's pull on me like a piece of taffy, both ends of that. And you like to believe that uh, Pittsburgh is who people are accusing them of being, which is a team that was was eleven and zero. They weren't really perfect. They didn't lose three in a row. It was a, it was a mirage and. And they haven't actually averaged about 60 yards rushing per game on the season. And and Big Ben's 
throwing the ball every 2.2 seconds. His average drop back, or at least his average seconds with the ball in his hand in the passing situation is about 2.2 seconds, which is the which is obviously the lowest in the league. So my thoughts on this game are you, you, no matter who's on the offensive line, no matter who's rushing the quarterback, that is tough to play, uh, at least stand in front of Big Ben, at the catch-up bottle against a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in almost 20 years. So um, yeah. if that doesn't confuse anybody, it should tell you how, how, how torn I am as far as trying to handicap this game. Yeah, I don't know why uh, at all you would say that. Uh, it's one-sided. I mean, Big Ben is only 12. He's only 12-0 and 0 at home against this team. Exactly. That's right. You know, if, Stef- <laughs> if Stefanski was there, if Stefanski was there, I could buy in a little bit more. But it's pretty clear, like, you see the impact that this guy has. And it makes a big difference. Like, it's different guys with, like, Saban and Sarkeesian or something. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sarkeesian's already calling the plays anyways. You know what I'm saying? Sarkeesian's right. already calling the plays, in which it's like, yeah, nothing changes. It's just Saban's not there to yell at people and give people dirty looks when they come off the field. But the play calling remains the same. This is different. We have a new play caller, and that's tough, Tony, right? Now, we get yeah. it. They'll go by script. They go by script, and it's they're going to run the same plays. It's not like, ooh, the new play caller is going to come up with his own plays. No, they're going to run the plays that they have, but... It's a new dynamic, and it's pretty tough. And I buy in, actually, Tony. I buy in that Pittsburgh needed a little bit of a break. I think Ben will be better now coming out of the break with a little bit of a rest. Do you agree with that? Uh, without question. I think anybody anybody that's um, approaching 100 years old is going to be better after a little bit of rest. <laughs> yeah, you would know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I right, yeah, so would I. So 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 so, so would I at that uh, at that point. At that point, yeah, guys, the numbers are daunting. And listen, we totally get it. It's not the same type of history, you know, when it, what's happened in past years. But you know, I just find it amazing, though, Tony, as you mentioned, the Cleveland Browns haven't made a playoff since 2002. The last time right. they were in the playoffs, they played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I had forgotten. I remember the matchup. I remember the night. I remember what I did that night, and. Um, it's pretty crazy how games you can remember that stuff. But Kelly Holcomb was the quarterback, but they actually had a 24-7 lead. They had a 24-7 lead on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh came back and won the football game, 36-33, high-scoring game. And for the record, guys, back in 2002, Pittsburgh were eight-point favorites. So now they're six. They were eight back then, and they won by three. I don't know. I think Pittsburgh are going to win the football game, but I'm not ready to lay the points, Tony. Neither am I. Neither am I. If I if I was in this room and I was in this room and you and I were having a, a cold one and discussing uh, the ins and the outs, the intricacies, the the variables that are important to us, then I might also be. I might also lean uh, to the over in this game. The weather seems to be okay for at least for Pittsburgh in January. And, and uh, um, if if it's if this game's played out like I think it is, it's going to be there's going to be quite a few passes thrown. I wouldn't surprise me all 70, 80 passes were thrown in this game. Not one bit. All right, so uh, let's take a look. We're going backwards. I like it. Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints. This is a game that I actually like the over in because I think the New Orleans Saints offense will be efficient enough. And, you know, I don't think – I know that in the playoffs they've, they've, they haven't been as good in past years offensively, but 
They get Thomas back. They'll have Kamara back. They've had postseason failures in the past. And, you know, Chicago with Trubisky, they put up 28 points a game, 6-3 and three as a starter. I believe the Saints will be ahead, and then Chicago will be forced to open things up, which could lead to a Trubisky interception, pick six, fumble. You know, the 47.5 intrigues me here, Finn. I think we can get there as far as the total. What's your opinion on the 9.5 and, and the 47.5? And um, I... I would probably I would be contrary on this. I would probably be under when this thing opened at 48. I like the under 48, and as you can see, it's it has uh, it's come down a little bit. Which, uh, like you, many people have surprised many people. I said, how do you play? How do you play? New Orleans, healthy New Orleans. It looks like you're going to have Thomas. You're going to have Kamara. Uh, you're going to have everybody, even 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 Breeze, the second receiver. He's going to finally be healthy. In fact, if you Gabe, if you were to go back and find out how many games do you think that the Saints had this year with their full, with their number one offense on the field uh, at the same time? And I asked this question several times to several people who are pretty savvy and watch a lot of football. I know. And they, you know, you know it already. Well, that that you spoil the joke, right? Three. But uh, ten quarters is not three. very much. Ten quarters. That's crazy. Yeah, I was going to say three. Uh, and, three games. What's that? Three games, but three games, but ten quarters because right. they lost guys in the in the games. Yes, but three games. Right. Can't slide the puck past me, Finn. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the this is my number two ranked defense, actually, uh, as a whole, uh, and all things being equal, and I think they're undervalued, or and they're definitely underestimated. Most people look at the Saints, and and the perception is that they are going to this is going to be a high scoring game. It doesn't matter who they're playing, even if they're playing. Uh, the Redskins, and in this case, the it's it's one of those situations where Chicago. If you look at the, what they've averaged here, and you mentioned the number, I don't remember what it was, but it's it's in the twenties over the last six, eight games, whatever the case may be, to close out the season. That most of those came, a lot of those touchdowns were defensive or field position touchdowns, and secondly, uh, the the schedule they had in the second half was was more conducive to points than it was not to points. So I I, I would be wary. If I'm going to be on the total here, if I'm going to be on the total here, I might surprise some people, maybe even you, saying that that I would lean towards the under in this game, and I think the sharp money has has landed there. Now, listen, it's interesting, uh, an angle that we haven't brought up much, guys. The fact that they did play each other, they yes. did play each other earlier this year, November the first. The Saints won 26-23 uh, in Chicago. Alvin Kamara had 163 yards. Uh, from scrimmage uh, in that game. Um, but, man, uh, Nick Foles played, too. But, um, yeah. you know, Chicago hung around him. The Roquan Smith injury is a big concern, a big concern for me. I do think New Orleans wins the game, and you almost have to ask yourself, who wins the game generally covers, right, even if it's the underdog. So I totally get that. But do you lean with the Saints blowing them out? You were, so you were talking more about the total where you think it could be on the lower side, but do you think the Saints are going to shut them down at the Bears? Look, the Bears lost last week 35-15 to, to Green Bay. I could see a similar situation happening, but that would put me over 47 and a half. Yeah, I would say, I, I think that this is a, game, it's a playoff game. So the first thing you want to think that it's going to be played a little bit closer to the vest, maybe conservatively. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case with Peyton, but I think this defense is good enough. I think the Saints' defense is good enough. I think it's as good as Green Bay's defense. 
uh, Gabe. And the fact is they're playing in Soldier Field, and Chicago scored 15 points against a defense that had, has been pretty porous. It's been very um, uh, giving this season. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if this went over 48, but I – Again, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to put some lunch money on it, or even the mortgage, then I'm going to probably say, uh, if the Bears score 15, then guess what? You're right. The Saints are going to have to score more than 35 to put me over the top. So I'm going to uh, let's, let's, let me let me push in on uh, let me push on something I like pushing in on. That's an under. Why do I like pushing out your winner before the game even starts? All right, we have the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Ravens laying uh, three points total has remained at 54 and a half. Another rematch uh, from a game that was played uh, earlier this year. And, of course, a rematch from last year in the playoffs. Um, so, uh, Tennessee beat these guys 30-24 in overtime. Interestingly enough, lower – it went over the number because it was 50 and a half. But right. this number is 54 and a half. And then they played last year in the playoffs. Tennessee beat Baltimore 28 28- to 12. So uh, 28 to 12, another low scoring game. We'll hit this with Tony Finn on the other side from Wager Talk Sports Memo. Does Lamar get revenge? Vendetta! Bring it. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late Night Anger Management Class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Branson. Shout out, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Welcome back, back in black. It's great to be back on uh, Sirius. And of course, shout out to everybody in Los Angeles. San Diego, the mightier 1090 up and down the coast. Sports Rage at late night. Six nights a week, Tony Finn, wager talk, kicking it with us uh, right now. All right, I liked I liked what we did here. I finally got ahead of the curve, and uh, you see, you see, we, you know, we went, um, <laughs> uh, we're going backwards uh, here, and I like it. So we're in the Tennessee and the Baltimore game, and you know, I, I was on Tennessee last year, and I've been against, I've I've been a big Titan guy in the playoffs. I you know I believe in Tannehill, twenty three and six to the over guys. Uh, with Tannehill to the over as well. So they only got to 54 last time, but so Baltimore 5 and 0 their last uh, you know 5 straight up against the spread, averaging 37 points a game. Um Lamar Jackson has been lighting it up uh, against the Tennessee team that can't stop anybody, but Tennessee can score and score fast. So I do expect a track meet in this game, Finn. What's your opinion on this one? Why? Well, yes. It, there's, there's a lot of questions, Gabe. A lot of people are questioning Lamar Jackson's uh, 
playoff worthiness, I guess. But in truth, you know, Lamar Jackson played, I think he started seven football games, regular season games, before he was in the playoffs. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have gone much – Drew Brees started 42 games, I think – uh, guys like Peyton Manning had 32 games before they saw the playoffs. Brett Favre, 29. Uh, even Elway, 24. Those guys will tell you also they weren't very successful. But guys who won their first playoff game were Rubies, John Elway, Nick Foles, etc. There's been plenty of people who lost Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas, those kind of things. So I don't think two playoff games after less than 25 regular season games is uh, – Something that you want to hang your if you're going to hang your hat on that and put your and put your money on the fact that Lamar Jackson's a poor playoff quarterback, I think you're jumping the gun. Um, and there's there's a, I really listen I, I I really like Baltimore here I do mostly because of how you describe this. Uh, uh, there's a lot of reasons why you you're supposed to like Harbaugh here and I and I like listen I I uh, I really. I really like Harbaugh as a coach. I really like Lamar Jackson. I think he gets kind of a bum rap. But if there's one quarterback that's in a position to succeed tomorrow in truth, uh, it's Josh Allen is, I think. But in truth, it's Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of film on Tennessee in this defense. They don't rush the quarterback game. They, they're absolutely um, – and I'm not to mean to offend any girls, but they're girl-like. When they attack this quarterback, they don't get to the quarterback. And if Lamar Jackson's given that kind of time – after two playoff games and, and plenty of bad publicity, uh, you're supposed to, in my opinion, why not like uh, why not like a Ravens team? As you mentioned, they're five and zero straight up, and against the spread, they turn a six and five record into eleven and five. They win four out of five, or let's see, I think four out of the five games they played, uh, they they win between fourteen and thirty five points in those games. Now, granted, who do they play is 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 a pretty big question in my world and in my orbit. But this is a team that's on a roll right now. It's hard to stand in front of them, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the thing. People, Some people, critics, will say, well, they haven't played tough teams. But the fact of the matter is, Tennessee's defense isn't all that tough right now. And what I find interesting, guys, so, look, they've struggled twice. They, You know, Baltimore struggled twice in the two games against uh, Tennessee. Lamar Jackson and the offense. Yet Lamar still... 541 yards, two touchdown passes. He rushed for 194 yards combined in those two games. That's him not playing well. That's him, quote, air quote, not playing well. I think Lamar does play better in this game. It doesn't mean that Tennessee's not going to make plays too, but I think Baltimore can come up with a stop or two. Just enough, like a stop here, a stop there, turnover here. And also, Tennessee's special team sucks. So... That's something to keep your eye on. Gaskowski blows. He's old. He's terrible. And their punting sucks. Um, Tucker's a great kicker. You know, if it comes down to a field goal, give me Baltimore. I will take uh, Baltimore. All right, so um, you make a good Washington. Point. That's, listen, that's a, that's a really good point. Tucker is a game changer. Truth, if, you're, uh, if I'm a coach and I need a 50-yard kick, a 50-yard field goal to end the game and win it, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine choosing anyone other than Tucker right now. Anyone. Yeah, well, one of the greatest kickers, uh, one of the greatest kickers of all time. All right, so yeah. are we in agreement? This game's going to go over the number. I, I would, I would play over before I'm playing under. Yes, I, I think you're going to see points here. I don't think it's going to be. If it's one defense is going to dominate, it's surely not going to be Tennessee. Certainly. All right, so we have Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and Washington, Tampa Bay yeah. and uh, and Washington. Pretty much everyone we talk to is buying into to Washington here. 
plus the points, except for the fact that everyone says the same thing. I don't know. They're going to lose around seven points, which is seven and a half. And if you're betting a game, you want to kind of hang your hat on something more than you hope they don't lose by more than like, you're like, I don't know. I think they're going to lose by seven. and I'm getting seven and a half. No, you want to say, you know what? This team's going to win the game. What do you make of this one? Tampa and Washington. And let me just say this, Tony. Uh, one of your colleagues, Steve Merrill, was on earlier, and he brought something. I brought up the fact that Tom Brady, guys, 1-6 straight up, 0-7 against the spread, last seven primetime games, okay? So yeah. is there something to that? And Merrill brought up something that someone told him that Tom Brady goes to bed at 8.30, actually. You know, he's one of these new age freak guys. Um, so he goes <laughs> to bed at 8.30. I don't know. I mean, there's something to it. He hasn't covered in seven straight primetime games. This game is at 8.15 Eastern. It's going to be a little chilly and cool. Not real cold, but Brady's not a fan of the cold now. He's always talking about. What do you make of this game, uh, Tony Finn? I guess the, the, the question here, if we might, is what is he – he's going to bed at 8.30. What's he doing? A lot of it depends on what he's doing in bed, I guess, um, as far as he's ready to play the game. But uh, the, the, the one question here, and I've, always, I've said this for, for 15 years, uh, if you're going to beat Tom Brady – there's one way you beat Tom Brady, and that is you take him off his ex. You make him uncomfortable uh, in the pocket. And we all know, especially Gabe, we've seen enough of Tom Brady to know that he's not what he was 15 years ago as far as his legs go. He's a statue back there. And if you look at his quarterback rating for Brady, uh, without pressure, 102.6. 102.6 a quarterback rating. When he's, when he's clean and free in the pocket and, and basically seeing a receiver's downfield, when he has pressure, his quarterback rating drops over 50 points to 49.3. If there's one thing the Washington Redskins have to do, they have to do this, and that is they have to get after Tom Brady if they have any chance in the world. This is – I'm not I, – I, Gabe, I, I'm not – I never was an England fan, you know, I would think the Patriots are kind of, at least in my orbit, if you're not a New York – fan, or a Yankees fan, then you hate the Yankees. And if you're not a Tom Brady fan, you hate Tom Brady and, and the Patriots because they were that good for that long. So uh, I, I can't imagine that uh, as loose as the Redskins should be tomorrow, they weren't, they're, worth, they're somewhere no one expected them to be. They won seven games this year. That's a pretty good season. And they did it with three, three different quarterbacks. Um, I'm not I'm, – it's, it's, it's intriguing – to take Washington's points tomorrow, I can't seem to pull that trigger. <laughs> You're close, but you don't see, can't seem to do it. You know what's crazy, no. guys? So Tom Brady, 1-6 straight up, 0-7 against the spread, uh, last seven primetime games. Buccaneers haven't won a playoff game in 19 years. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Washington has been 15. So Washington's actually, they've won a playoff game more recently uh, than this. I have my trepidation, though, about taking the under this game. I was saying 24-16. Man, it's the NFL. It's the modern NFL. I get it. Ooh, it's the playoffs. But I don't think suddenly all these games are just going to be, you know, 9-6, which leads me into this Rams game, which it's a tough one, this one. Tough handicap. Real low total here, 42-and-a-half. Uh, the Rams are only getting three, despite, you know, it's in Seattle. Seattle is 7-1 at home. Russell Wilson, 6-1 and one against the spread um, in, in opening round playoff games. The, the, but the number's so damn low, Tony. Do you, you know, yeah. Everyone that we have on the show this week, and we've had a lot of guests, 
no one is really strongly convinced about this game on one side or the other. I am one of the. I think I'm in that same um, zip code as everyone else. But I know this much: I'm I'm under the impression. I'm under the information. My intel has Jared Goff starting, Cooper Cup, and maybe most importantly Andrew Whitworth. And if you want to look at the history between these two teams, uh, and I, I'm a huge Pete Carroll fan. Uh, I think this guy is a is a 70 year old that looks like he runs around the sideline like he's 21. Uh, he's got a ton of energy, smart. He's won a lot of big games, uh, a lot more big games than McVay's won, certainly. However, the Rams are the most balanced team in football. They they're not pretty to watch. You know, golf looks like he's clumsy back there sometimes when he doesn't have Gurley and and his speed receivers on the outside and the greatest show on the second greatest show on turf after Dick Vermeil and the Rams. Now it's McVay and the Rams out west in L.A. But Seattle has they have a lot of holes. They've been much better defensively the second half of the season. And if you if you watch a lot of Seattle game and, I, and the listeners have watched it them, you'd see that there's been a, a 180 as far as scheme goes. When when Carroll saw this defense in preseason, there was no preseason, but he knew what he had, and I'm speaking in those terms, he knew that he was going to have to tell, to ask his quarterback to throw the ball a lot. And if you looked at them, they're scoring more than 30 points the first eight games of the season. And then you look at the second half and you find out they're running the ball 10 more times a game. Uh, uh, Carroll switched over to what he knew he was going to have to do in the playoffs, or at least traditionally, being old school like Pete Carroll is, which is run first, that you saw their, their running backs get healthy, and they ran the ball a lot more protecting, protecting uh, Russell Wilson for this game in particular. It's not the same, guys. It's not the same. We both know that if CenturyLink is full of fans, that it's one of the, it's the loudest stadium next to Arrowhead, I think, or at least competes with Arrowhead in the league, and they're tough, tough, tough to beat at home. I think it's a different story here. And if I'm going to be on this game, and I'm not saying I'm not on this game, I would be on the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams as good as Russell Wilson has been for the most part this year, and as much as I like Pete Carroll, uh, I trust Aaron Donald, and I trust the running game of the Rams to uh, grind this thing out. How big of a hand in your handicap when you handicap football games, Tony? Are you a big yard guy? Because uh, I retweeted something courtesy of Mark Lawrence, who I have a lot of respect for. And Mark Lawrence says, uh, good-looking uh, underdog. Uh, underdog LA Rams on the better offense and better defense. Um, so the Rams outgained foes by plus 75 net yards this season. Seahawks were outgained minus 12. That's interesting. The Seahawks are minus 12 net yards on the season. Uh, this year, how much do you look into yardage and in, in, in that? What do you make of that? Uh, do you put yard? How big of a yardage, yards per game, and being out yarded and that stuff do you put in your handicap? Well, it's part of the formula, absolutely, and it also depends on, and that's conducive. It really, it's all dependent on who the offense is facing. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation to put yourself in if you're if you're looking at yardage, yards per pass, or yards per attempt yards for play, all those. If your team's playing um, Jim McMahon and their offense, I, I think I can probably outscore them. The problem is, on the other side of the ball, you have the 85 Bears. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the situation here with, with the Rams, but it comes into play. Absolutely. If you Russell Wilson, Tony uh, you know, his, his, his on, yards Tony. per attempt were, yeah. Hold that thought, Tony. 
We'll hit this on the other side. Sports okay. Rage Late Night continues. Silence on the set. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last 10 bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run! No, don't come over here. Uh, oh, boy. Crusty the Clown. I am Gabriel Ramsey. No monologue because my feet hurt. Tony Finn kicking it with us. Wager talk uh, in the house. He's talking about the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle game. We'll get into Buffalo. We got a little mini break coming up uh, in, in a moment or two here, uh, Tony. We're so popular. So many sponsors. Um, I don't know. Actually, I think it's a news. I think it's a sports update uh, that comes up. Uh, but we got we got a quick break coming up, um, and then we'll hit the Buffalo Bill Indianapolis Colt game uh, with Tony. I look forward to Tony's thoughts on the national championship game as well. And don't forget Eli Gold, play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide, will join us a little bit uh, later on. So we've got quite the crew here: Steve Merrill, Tony Finn, and yeah, Eli Gold. Um, so. Uh, we, got, we got quite the crew. Man, this Rams game in Seattle, these two teams, it's, you talked about the history, and Tony, you were talking about liking Pete Carroll, and we were getting into the break, but one thing, as you know, I don't have to tell you, Sean McVay has gotten the best of, just like, um, um, you know, some coaches get the better of other coaches, and you get these stylistic matchups, but historically, the Rams have, you know, played well. Jared Goff has played well. The Rams have played well against Seattle. They were five and one, five and one straight up and against the spread. Think about that. So three years of games, guys, three yep. years of games, they were five and one um, until they lost. They lost two weeks ago, and that was the game that Goff uh, dislocated his thumb. So, you know, there is, I think that this is baked into the number a little bit as well. That the odds makers, they, you know, sort of know. Listen, the Rams seem to beat these guys and match up pretty well with them. You know what a big thing about this is, is that Jalen Ramsey, who I think at times can be overrated. Jalen talks a lot. He does get burnt sometimes, but Jalen Ramsey has shut down DK Metcalf, and you're taking away a hell of a lot from Seattle's offense when you take this guy out of the game, and they don't even want to go to him. Like shot, they're scared to throw to him. Bring it. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 